funky lady. Funky, 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 yeah. I would go out tonight, but there's a new episode of Reaction Good morning. This is Reaction Brats. I'm Robin. And I'm David. We are recording with coffee this morning. This is something different. We never do this. Yeah, we always record at night. Yeah. Today, the schedule is a little bit different. We thought we'd hop on with coffee in the morning. See how this goes. The sun's shining. Well, and our blinds are closed. <laughs> we, we do this in the dark. I got a hot cup of mud. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have ourselves a little morning broadcast. How are you doing this morning, Robin? I'm well. We had um, new pillows. We got new pillows yesterday. So we had our first night with the new pillows last night. I was really, I think I had high hopes, high expectations for this first night. And it didn't go as well as I planned. Why not? Well, we tried them out in the store and it was softer in the store. It was a bit of a brick. That was the demo pillow, so it would have softened. I know. Could I have just bought the demo pillow? I'd rather do Ew. that. I know, Ew. but I can't sleep with a hard pillow. Well, it'll get soft eventually. I know, but that just means I have to have That's what she said. many nights with a... That was a good one. Good Thank one. you. Uh, but that means I need many nights with a hard pillow before it goes soft. So I guess I got to put in the work, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you really do. You better get down to it. Could I like sleep with a like some heavy books or not sleep? Could I during on the your day? Head? Could I put some like heavy books on it? Will that soften it up for me at nighttime? Ma- yeah, you could try that. I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna like Google it. How to like make a pillow soft without having to sleep on it hard for many nights, folks? If you have any ideas on how to soften Robin's pillow, let us know. Instagram <laughs> at Reaction Brad's Pod, and uh, we'll get on it. I appreciate it. How'd you find your pillow? My pillow was great. Good. Yeah, it's exactly what I paid for. And- and uh, I slept well, and my neck doesn't hurt. It did its job. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, I hope you enjoyed our last episode with Mr. Jordan Zadarazny, uh, recorded on location in Pembroke, Ontario. We've had some people ask us the same thing over the last week, and that is, why do we bleep out the F-words? Yeah, a lot of people have asked us that, actually. I think we bleeped out three in that episode, and I don't really, I don't know why we do that. I just started doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't do it right from the start. No, I... F- think we did did we i'm pretty sure didn't we do that from the beginning i don't think so maybe um but uh let us know if that's a good idea or not i feel like i started doing it because i wanted to make the podcast as family friendly i suppose is is the term is that what i'm what i'm reaching for are like families gathering around the radio to listen to reaction brad just figured in case you're in the car and you got your kids and you're listening you know, I don't know. I thought maybe my mom would listen. And although I say I say the F word in front of my mom all the time. Yeah, your mom, your mom does listen. Hi, and Jane. My, hi, Jane. And my mom says the F word all the time. So I don't really know why I'm bleeping it. So maybe we're, we won't. But I'll tell you what, I think the Monday that we drop this episode, maybe we should do a poll on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, should we stop bleeping the F words? So if you're listening to this on the Monday, maybe Monday afternoon, we'll throw that up on Instagram. You you can let us know what you think we should do about the old F words. Sure. I think also we could just try to say it less. But, you know, when we get passionate about things, and I think maybe I might say it more than uh, you do, perhaps. My language might not be as um, proper as yours, perhaps. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I think think all three of us said it last week yeah well we get passionate and then the like the, the passionate f- words fly the f words fly well let us know what you think reaction brats pod 
also, I think we have to address uh, the Bob Dylan stuff. We mm. actually, two episodes ago, I kind of gave my uneducated thoughts on, on Bob Dylan, uh, admittedly so. And I was asking people for recommendations. Uh, you know, what Bob Dylan should I be checking out? What's, what's the record that's going to turn me into a fan? So we had lots of suggestions. Thank you very much for that. But I actually didn't listen to any records. <laughs> but <laughs> we did watch the documentary. Uh, no Direction Home. No Direction Home by Mr. Martin Scorsese, which I didn't know this, but it only covers from basically the beginning of his career until 1966. And I will say that I'm a fan of everything I heard in that documentary. I really enjoyed it. And Bob is just the coolest in that documentary. He's pretty cool. He's so young and so cool and just, I don't know, I just love his hair too. Like his hair, I don't know, I love it. He just doesn't give a shit about what he says and how he's supposed to act and brushing his hair, you know? I don't know. I just love him. It's also pretty cool how young he is when he mm-hmm. he sort of arrives fully formed almost um you know he, he sort of breaks and he's only been actually writing songs for two years and all of that early folky just him and the guitar and the harmonica all that stuff i heard in that i loved mm-hmm the stuff with the band is great too, but as I'm watching the documentary, I'm hearing all these people screaming at him when he goes electric, calling him a traitor and a genius yeah. and whatnot. And as I'm watching, I'm thinking, I'd probably be one of those people screaming at him because I definitely liked the earlier stuff better. When it's just him in that voice and the guitar, I really enjoyed it. And toward the end of the documentary, when he starts to go more electric, I can hear his voice changing into that Bob Dylan voice that I don't really enjoy. Whereas when he's younger, it's more scrappy. And right. I, and I like... I like liked it better. I think though, you just like the music better and his voice better and he's evolving. He's definitely evolving into Bob Dylan when he when he gets the band backing him up, you know. He's becoming who he is as a songwriter and a musician and a singer. I think they're yelling at him and and turning on him because they had him on this pedestal as this political hero, you know, who he says he never was, you know. They put him on that pedestal he was never he never thought of himself as that so. yeah he never thought of himself as a political person but he he was writing songs sure. and coming from the tradition of people like Woody Guthrie Pete Seeger so I understand why people put him into that box mm-hmm. um, I don't it, know that you would have been um, you know ready to take the axe and and cut the cords like Pete Seeger no maybe not but I, <laughs> I, I, I did enjoy the documentary and I really enjoyed the music so I would call myself a fan of, uh, of Bob Dylan up to a certain point and then I had to explore more but yeah. uh, so thank you for your suggestions and I and I probably will still explore some of that music so hey Bob I know you're listening and uh, you can count old Dave Dunham as a fan now <laughs> we're at the point in the podcast where we ask you to maybe leave uh, a review for us and maybe just tell a friend say hey there's this nice little podcast I listen to these folks are great and uh, you might like it I think with most podcasts word of mouth is what gets them where they gotta be so yeah if you don't mind just help us out leave a review subscribe smash that like button whatever that means and tell a friend right yep is that reaching am i is that pathetic what i just did robin no i don't think so we can only do it if people are listening and so far people are listening i mean we've had some great response people Mm -hmm. are listening and liking it and so people keep listening we can keep doing this yeah we can keep doing it so Mm -hmm. thank you very much thank you for listening and i hope you enjoy the rest of the episode let's do it let's move on what are we going to talk about today we're talking about two cool records from the 80s we're going to talk about in excess listen like thieves and one of my personal faves the house martins the people 
people who grin themselves to death. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited about this one. We were wondering what to do, so we just went looking through our discogs, and they just jumped out. They seemed like a good pair. I don't know why, but (laughs) once we picked the two, we thought, yeah, that'll be a good episode. Yeah, I think this is good. I'm excited to talk about these two. Yeah, me too. Let's do it. Are we doing NXS first? Yeah, let's do it. it, It's chronologically it's first. I think this is a, a good one to start with. Okay, let's do it. Oh, hey, Robin. Yes, David. The the world's moving fast these days, eh? Uh, A little too fast. Yep. Yeah, the kids are growing up, getting older. It's like there's barely time to even stop and smell the roses and stuff like that, right? Isn't that that true? Uh, Yeah. Yep, that's very true. But there is one thing you always got to make time for. Um, a few things like food. Yeah, yeah, that's and yeah, of course. Hydration. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's a given. But like, there's that one. There's just those things that you just really got to make time for. Uh, sexy time. <sighs> uh, sleep. That's yes. All these are all important things. But I think you know what I'm getting at right now. You got to make time for that one thing. Sunscreen. It's Wikipedia time. When you just want the fans, oh! it's Wikipedia time. So much I need to know. It's Wikipedia time. I'm ready to learn. Yeah. 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 In excess, we're an Australian rock band formed as the Ferris Brothers in 77 in Sydney, New South Wales. The band's founding members were bassist Gary Gary Beers, main composer and keyboardist Andrew Ferris, drummer John Ferris, guitarist Tim Ferris, lead singer and main lyricist Michael Hutchins, and guitarist and saxophonist Kirk Pengilly? Pengilly. We're going to say Pengilly. I actually don't know how to say that. Uh, for 20 years, NXS was fronted by Hutchins, whose magnetic stage presence made him the focal point of the band. Initially known for their new wave pop style, the band later developed a harder pub rock style that included funk and dance elements. Uh, and as we all know, unfortunately, Michael Hutchins passed away in 1997, and they went through a couple of different lead singers. I know one fellow was Canadian. Uh, what was that guy's name? Oh, J.D. Fortune. I totally forgot about that, actually. Yeah, they had a reality show where they like picked a new singer. It was... Uh, I can't say I, I was a fan of that move. No, I t- completely forgot that they moved on without Michael Hutchins. I think I have blocked that completely from my memory. Yeah. Um, why they do that? Well, well, I mean, I get why they yeah, did that. Yeah, these guys had been together since 1977, original members, and they didn't want to stop. You know, yeah. you know, they probably did the thing where Michael would want us to go on. and Sure. Um, but they they're, they they don't do that anymore, right? They're not no, together. No, I think they broke up in 2012. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, hey, more power to them. Yeah. The album we're doing today is Listen Like Thieves, which is the fifth studio album by NXS, released in October 85. It spent two weeks at number one on the Australian Kent Music Report Albums Chart. Considered an international breakthrough album for the band, it peaked at number 11 on the United States Billboard 200, number 24 on the Canadian RPM 100 albums, and top 50 in the UK. It featured the band's first top five single in the US, What You Need, and critical acclaim, all that stuff. It marks the beginning of the group's on and off alliance with producer Chris. Thomas. Uh, what are your memories of this record? Well, first, I'd like to say nice job on Wikipedia time, David. I've been practicing my reading. You're reading aloud? Yeah. Nice job. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm usually moving my lips when I'm reading quietly. Now I'm just like letting the sound come out. Good job. I'm smart. 
You are very smart. Uh, what do you think of this record? What are your memories of this record? Memories of this record in particular, I'm not so sure. Memories of In Excess, I mean, Kick was probably when I when In Excess landed on my radar, you know? And I remember really loving them. I had an In Excess shirt. It was a white shirt, and they were sitting in and around a car. They were, like, leaning on a car and sitting on a car, and Michael Hutchins was, like, sitting in the seat with the door open. As one does. And I, I have a feeling that it was my older brother's shirt that shrunk and it kind of got passed down to me <laughs> and I loved it. I wore the shit out of that shirt. And so this Listen Like Thieves would have come later. It came after uh, Kick for me, for oh, sure. So you don't remember what you need being on the radio when we were kids? Uh, not really. Oh, I really? mean, probably, but not really. I mean, that, like I said, Kick was my like introduction to like really loving In Excess and yeah. knowing who they were yeah. and being into them. In 84, uh, Original Sin was a hit. So I was aware of that song. You mm-hmm. must have remembered Original Sin being on the radio i mean my memory isn't like your memory you remember like the day month year of when you first heard it and like what car you were in and where you were headed at the time when you first heard it i don't remember any of that stuff the first time i heard in excess was december 13th 1984 (laughs) i was in the impala no i uh well original sin was a hit but i was would not have been aware that that was in excess but when what you need was a hit my mom really liked it awesome so that would have been my first introduction to in excess and then in grade five kick was massive that was huge right so my two favorite records in grade five were kick and tango in the night by fleetwood mac nice listen to those non-stop but it was fun revisiting this record because it's great oh it's great yeah uh, i forgot I love it. how many great songs were on it so uh it's gonna be fun to explore it on the podcast today right off the bat the first song the hit the breakthrough single for them in north america anyway is what you need Funky, funky. I mean, it's what great. What you need. Yeah. And this was a um, a last minute, you need a hit, right? A yeah. last minute hit. Yeah. The producer, Chris Thomas, at the end of like the recording session, like the, the complete recording session said, you know what? This The record doesn't have a hit yet. You guys got to come up with something. So I think they had four days and uh, Andrew Ferris had a demo of this funky little number he'd been working on. And uh, within the last four days of recording, apparently they put it together and it's great. Yeah. It's funny how... Uh, Sometimes the pressure will make you do great things. Yeah, for sure. I know sure. I'm, I'm the same way, you know? Oh, yeah, me too. I mean, my best work happens during procrastination. Oh, yeah. I procrastinate right to the last minute, and then I need that pressure to uh, pull it off. Me I've too. never, I've never come up with a what you need, but... Uh, <laughs> well, I'm not a musician. I'm not writing music, but mm-hmm. you know, in my everyday work, yeah. you know, I will... Um, and when I was in school and uh in everything else that i do in life i leave it to the last minute and then my best work comes out of it same with the boys in excess and this song when you listen in headphones there's a lot going on it's like there's some serious ear candy the production is stellar uh it's interesting where they went with this song and that they did it in such a short time so two thumbs up for me i can understand why i was a hit and uh it's great yep two thumbs up for me too track number two is listen like thieves Time to waste. Just, just do it for yourself. I said, everybody's down. 
Boy. Title track. I'm into that one. Me too. Yeah. It's sleek. Yep. It's sexy. Mm-hmm. Got kind of a Roxy music feel in the verses. Hopefully, mm-hmm. Don't feel like I'm too far off. And there's a couple tasty drum fills in there. You would have heard one in the clip I just played. Really impressive. That's the fourth single from the record. I don't have any recollection of that ever being played on the radio or anything, but really, really great tune. How old would Michael Hutchins have been? Let's find out. It's Wikipedia time. When you just want the Okay, so Michael Kellinge John Hutchins was born on the 22nd of January, 1960. This album was released in 85, probably recorded it in 84, so he was 24. Huh, I like it. I like a young Michael Hutchins. He's scrappy. Yeah, he's a scrappy little guy. Mm-hmm. <coughs> <coughs> uh, you all right me. there, Davey? <laughs> no. Uh, speaking of scrappy, looking at the picture of them on the back of the record, there's actually only one unfortunate haircut in that entire group of six dudes. Uh, Tim Ferriss, the guitarist, is sporting a kind of a puffy, dry <laughs> mullet. <laughs> he totally is. Let's uh, look at Mike's hair there. He's That's pretty like cool. He's got like an Ian McCullough haircut. He's like sporting some Echo and the Bunnymen hair. Yeah, he is. As I dig is it. the drummer John, his hair is looking pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Gary Gary Beers is looking like a guy who's named Gary Gary Beers. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Why is his name Gary Gary? You know what? It's Wikipedia time. When you just want the Beers was given his double name at school. It was later misprinted on the cover of NXS's 1980 debut album as Gary Gary Beers, uh, the first Gary with two R's. Beers adopted the alternative spelling, which appears on merchandise and personal items such as guitar picks. So it was a joke that stuck, basically. I would like to um, be referred to as Robin Robin from now on, please. Throbbing Robin. No, 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 just Robin Robin. I thought you said Throbbing Robin. No, I didn't. Just Robin Robin is good. Please. Gonna stick with Throbin Robin. No, thanks. And uh, K- Kirk Pengilly. How did we decide to say his name? Pengilly? Pengillette? Kirk Pengillette. Uh, I like Penguiny. He, okay, so Kirk Penguiny. He looks pretty cool back there, too. He's looking a little bit like uh, Andrew from Depeche Mode in that mm-hmm. photo. Anyway, cool looking band minus Tim uh, Ferris's dry, puffy mullet. <laughs> Speaking of dry and puffy, the next song's called Kiss the Dirt, Falling Down the Mountain. Falling down. Another sleek, sexy little tune. What do you think of that one? I agree. Sleek and sexy. It's got some good vocal melodies in the verse. Another scrappy little chorus. I like it. Yeah, it's got a very, uh, it's got a Duran Duran feel. Yeah, I think it's got some stones in it. The Rolling Stones? Are there other stones? Stone Roses. Oh, yeah. Would Although no one's ever referred to them, to them as, as the, the stones. stones. No, no one's ever done that ever. <laughs> That's, it's a first mm-hmm. at Reaction Brad's pod. It sounds like Duran Duran a little bit to me. I think, hmm. I mean, it's of the time. Duran Duran would have been huge when they were recording this record. Right. Maybe they were fans. I don't know. Maybe I'm full of Who's not? Shit. Who's not a Duran Duran fan? I can think of probably several Names people who are. Names and numbers. My mother, mom, Jane, probably doesn't like Duran Duran. Yeah, right. Jane at Reaction Brat's. Mom, let us know. Mom, send us a message through the Instagram. <laughs> Love you, Mom. Yeah, I'm into that one. Could listen to it all day. Also a single, I believe. Let me uh, let me check. Wikipedia time. When you just want the yeah, I think the first three songs were singles, no? So yeah, that was a single. Third single from the record. And I don't care to look to see how it did. Moving on. Shine it like it does. Shine like it does. <laughs> 
Shine like it does. Uh, shine it like it does. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. That one's fine. Yeah, uh, I think the same. It's all right. It's a it's, skipper. Yeah, it's a skipper. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Sorry, sorry, guys. Next. Good and bad times. And all the tricks come back on you. I'm not so sure about this one. Ooh, I love this one. Do you? I'm into that. Yeah, yeah? that's some you like sexy. It? Yeah, it's like it's got some stank on it. Yeah, I'm I'm into that one. You know what it reminds me of though? The verses really sound like "Dance Desire" by Haywire. <laughs> it does. Yeah. yeah. Here's a clip. Dance Desire was playing. When I walked into my first school dance in grade five, St. Michael's School, Dunville, Ontario, fall of 1987, when you hit grade five, you're allowed to start going to the the dances. So Mm -hmm. it's grade five to grade eight, we're Mm -hmm. allowed to go. And when I first walked in, DJ Rob Veldman was just cranking Dance Desire. And I was like, I'm home. I've arrived. Yeah. Nightlife. (laughs) Dance Desire. Well, yeah, I like that one. It gets real big during the chorus. The the production is super expansive and and heavy. I'm into that one. I like that one. Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll crank that one all the live long day. (laughs) Great. It's a good one. The next track is Biting Bullets. Yeah. This is a tune if I've ever heard a f***ing tune. (laughs) Well, I have bleeped that. I'm going to bleep that until we find out from people if we're bleeping them or not, I guess. Yeah, well, I feel it. Again, this goes with my theory of first song on side two as being the best song on the record to make you want to flip it. You know? Oh, uh, yeah. I love true. this song. So you think this is the best one on the oh, record? I love it. Yeah. yeah. This I mean, is, this is a good one. This is Michael Hutchins at a scrappiest. Pretty scrappy. Yeah. I love it. Scrappy do. Mm-hmm. Scrappy don't. I'm into this one. It's very catchy, upbeat little number that uh, just gets you tapping your toes. Yeah. And, it needs uh, to be loud. I feel like it's good in a car. You got to be driving fast on a sunny day. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I love it. It, it. it has that 80s production, but it sounds good. There's a toughness to it. Yeah. The drums punky. The drums sound tough. There's a lot of clarity in the mix. And uh, yeah, great way to start side two. Next up is the second single from the record, This Time. I love this one too. Side two is doing it for me so far. Yeah, so far it's great. The uh, chorus is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Bold, life affirming, positive, glorious, beautiful. <laughs> you get all that out of it, do you? Cover girl. 
Uh, yeah, it's like uh, it's very catchy. It's very um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like uh, you know, this would be the point in the movie where things have turned around. Right. We've had that uh, sort of uh, things have gone wrong mm-hmm. in the hero's journey, and now he's finished the training montage and he's about to go and or he or she. Yeah. If this was an 80s movie, it would be the guy going to get the girl. Right. And this would be the song that was playing as he's riding his bike (laughs) or whatever it is he's doing Mm -hmm. uh, to the girl's house to, uh, I don't know, scream at her from the front lawn. Right. It's that kind of song. Scream at her lovingly. Scream. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Scream niceties for Uh sure. Just so she can hear. Yeah. About how much he loves her and he made a mistake, all that stuff. The chorus of this song would be the soundtrack. Yep. The next song is called Three Sisters. Uh, Skip. Yeah, not a fan. A really quick, short instrumental. Seems like filler. Uh, maybe this was one that Gary Gary Beers brought and said, hey, can we do my song? I don't know. I'm, I'm projecting. Thanks, Gary Gary. What's the next one called? Same Direction. One Direction? Same Direction. composition to that one sort of starts with an extended instrumental intro with some sort of Steve Stevens-esque guitar flourishes. Bit of a uh, 20-minute workout, dark synth sort of (laughs) propulsion. And then the first singing is actually they go right into the chorus, uh, which is the best part of the song. What do you think of this one? I think it's all right. It's got a nice groove to it. Yeah, it's fine. Mm -hmm. It's not, not the best song on the record. Maybe that's why it's buried toward the end. Also, can we talk about 20-minute workout for just one second? <laughs> I'll talk about 20-minute workout all I the I mean, day. I was a little girl, and I would wake up early and um, do the 20-minute workout. Yes. I think maybe there were a lot of dads just sitting on the yes. couch watching the 20-minute workout. That's, I think that's mostly who it was. Uh, that was the target market. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Have you watched it again lately? Yes. Yeah. I've watched it on YouTube. It's it's, it's even, sexy. It's like very even sexy by like 2021 standards. Oh, yeah. It's um a lot of face in the camera like sexy face Mm -hmm. um and a lot of ass a lot of ass Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) i think like three or four years ago i kind of had the 20 minute workout pop back in my head i was like oh yeah i'm gonna look that up on youtube and i was not shocked but i was surprised with how sexy it is yeah it's like, wow, that was just on normal daytime TV in 1982 or whatever it was. Yeah. So me, um, 1982, I would have been six years old uh, and I was waking up to like get some fitness. And yeah. this is my like example of what I should look like as a woman and who I should be as a woman. Did I grow up into my example? Do I oh, look 100%. like... Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes i should i should really get some of that workout wear yes that the was leg like a, a nice look yep the uh sort of like swimsuit torso covering yeah but it's mm-hmm. like but it's like the in the you know it was cut above the hip in the old mm-hmm. 80s there and uh yeah if you want a 20 minute workout it up i'm i'm all for it i yeah. support you and your choices i'm gonna get that outfit to ride the peloton <laughs> that would be fantastic i'm also gonna start getting big curly hair like that too they all had very big hair <laughs> Yeah, they did. Yeah, you get a Paul Stanley wig. <laughs> I'm on it. The next song is One by One or One Times One? I'd say, I don't know. Let's listen to it. Let's listen to it. 
All right, so it's one by one, and uh, and uh, uh, it's not good. Uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of that one. No. Uh, next, <laughs> last song on the record. Red, red sun. All right, bringing the tempo back up, trying to go yeah. on a high note. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good way to close the record. It's a good way to close the record. Not one of my favorite songs on the uh, on the album, but it's it's good. Mm-hmm. Rocking some uh, intense, aggressive drumming. Michael throwing some stank on the old voice mm-hmm. there. We're we're mm-hmm. fans of we're fans of stank here. Yeah, we we like the stank. Yeah, stank bank. Mm. The old stank bank. Yeah, so that's the record. In excess, listen like thieves. Uh, if you were to put on an in excess record, is it going to be this one or kick? It'd probably be kick. Yeah, yeah, for like sentimental reasons. Plus, it's just start to finish. It's a pretty stellar record. Yeah, there's songs on this one that I'd like as much or more than songs on kick. Sure. Ultimately, I would give this record. <laughs> well, we don't have a rating system, but I guess we could start. Mm-hmm. I would give this record eight out of ten. Seven out of ten. Seven point five out of ten. Yeah, I'd give it a solid seven. I think the the good songs are great. Uh, the not so good songs are real stinkers, you know? Yeah, whereas on Kick, the songs that I would consider not so great aren't really stinkers. Yeah, they're still pretty good. Yeah, I feel like they nailed it for that record. Yeah. So. All right, well, that was good. That was fun. That was fun. Uh, how's my coffee doing here? You need a refill? Well, we're out anyway. I decided to make only 10 cups today because we usually pour some out but then today's the day we would have drank all of it yeah i really screwed up we better move on you know what what we don't have time to mess around do you know what time it is uh time to move on to the next record Uh, (laughs) it's wikipedia time when you just want the fan the House Martins were an English indie pop group formed in Hull who were active in the 1980s and charted three top 10 albums and six top 20 singles in the UK. Many of their lyrics were a mixture of socialist politics and Christianity, reflecting the beliefs of the band. The back cover of their debut album, London Zero Hull 4, contained the message, Take Jesus, Take Marks, Take Hope. The group's acapella cover version of Caravan of Love was a UK number one single in December 1986. After breaking up in 1988, Paul Heaton and Dave Hemingway formed The Beautiful South, while bassist Norman Cook became an electric dance music DJ and music producer, founding the groups Beats International, Pizza Man, and Freak Power before rebranding himself as Fatboy Slim. The record we're going to talk about today is The People Who Grinned Themselves to Death. The People Who Grin Themselves to Death is the second and final studio album by the House Martins. It was released in 1987 and produced three singles, Five Get Overexcited, Me and the Farmer, and Build. The title song is about the British royal family, which found them gaining controversy in the tabloid papers similar to that of other bands such as The Sex Pistols, The Smiths, and The Stone Roses. So yeah, the House Martins, the fourth best band in Hull, as they build themselves. Yeah, which I love. Uh, what's your history with this album? I heard The Beautiful South before I heard The House Martins. I fell in love with Song for Whoever. I saw the video on Much Music. It and was constantly on Much Music. Mm-hmm, and I loved it. I mean, I, 
the video was cool. Like the video was the jello on the piano, right? The video was cool, but I fell in love with the song and I ran out and grabbed that record or I guess the cassette tape uh, right away and I fell in love with it. I'm still in love with it. I still listen to it all the time. Uh, Only now I'm listening to it on vinyl as I no longer have it on cassette. And then I've mentioned it in past episodes that when I was in grade nine, there were boys that we were hanging out with in grade 11 and one of them made me a mixtape and on that mixtape was Caravan of Love and that was the first time that I had heard the House Martins. Who was this guy? You've mentioned uh, this guy several times. He sounds like he was a, a cool fella. He was a cool fella. His name was Matt. I don't remember his last name or like... Wasn't that cool, I guess. Yeah. Well, he was cool. I just... That was a long time ago and as I mentioned earlier, my memory isn't the same as yours. I don't remember like his last name and his address and phone number and what he wore the day I met him like you would remember. Why are you going to make fun of me? I'm not making fun of you. It's a burden as much as it is a blessing. (laughs) I don't think it is a burden. I just, I don't remember things the way you remember them. And Mm -hmm. I wish that I did. I'd like to know where this Matt is. Matt, if you're listening and you made me a mixtape in 19... I don't even know when that would have been. Whatever what year I was in grade at? nine. So 1990, 91. If you made me a mixtape, it had Caravan of Love on it and Faith No More and uh, the Pogues. I don't know. If you made me a super cool mixtape and you're listening to this, please be in touch because you went to St. Thomas More and I went to Sherwood. They were Catholic boys. At Reaction Brats Pod. Matt, if you're out there, come back to us, please. Yeah. I want to know what you're doing. So you picked this record up after getting that mixtape? Or was the beautiful... Who was on the mixtape? Beautiful South? No. The House Martins were on that mixtape. That was the first time he was like, oh, you like the Beautiful South. Ah, You should hear the House Martins. And he put Caravan of Love on that mixtape. Which I still love. I mean, Caravan of Love is such a great song. Let's let's hear it. Let's play it. Here's a clip. Every woman, every man, join the caravan of love. Stand up, stand up, stand up, everybody take a stand, join the caravan of love. Stand up, stand up, stand up, I'm your brother. Beautiful. It is beautiful. It's such a great song. Um, and so then this this record just, I don't know, I don't remember the first time I heard it or how I heard it, but I was just into the House Martins after that. I know I talk about my older brothers a lot, but this is another record that my brother Mike had on a tape in the 80s, and I actually never put it on. I would look at it and think that it was weird. I thought that that was a weird title for a record, but then my brother Mark uh, in the 90s was buying Beautiful South records. And then, of course, when Fatboy Slim became massive in the 90s you heard that he was in the house martins and i was like oh okay so i started putting two and two together again wasn't very familiar with the record until i started dating you and another one of those records it's on all the time in the house yeah i go back and forth between the beautiful south and the house martins i mean they are very similar like Mm -hmm. this record and that first beautiful south record are very similar i mean it's great i love it they're both great i would consider himself a fan i always like beautiful south but i am definitely into this record and that's why we're going to talk about it today and if you haven't gathered this after listening to 14 episodes of the podcast we only talk about stuff we like (laughs) uh and that's never going to change i don't see the point of doing a whole episode on a record we don't like well yeah but i mean there's also times and maybe that was mostly at the beginning of the 
podcast when we like the first few episodes where we were playing stuff for each other that we hadn't heard and we'll oh, still yeah. do that That's right. i mean I there was that. um the bleeps and bloops band what was that what were they called <laughs> battles battles yeah i didn't love battles yeah i think we should maybe get back to that feel once in a while mm-hmm. i think maybe the next episode i'm gonna make you listen to something that i'm not sure if you know or like I think you should pick one for me. I think that would be You good. think? I think so, yeah. Let's okay. do that next yeah. time. That'll spur some conversation. Sure. But for today, we're going to talk about something that is great that we both agree on, and that's the House Martins, the people who grin themselves to death. Uh, what's the first track there? The first track is the title track, The People Who Grin Themselves to Death. Yep. Great opening track. A scathing indictment of the royal family. Mm-hmm. The words in the chorus are, the people who grinned themselves to death smiled so much they failed to take a breath, and even when their kids were starving, they all thought the queen was charming. Yeah, so it's uh, throwing it at supporters of the monarchy, the monarchy itself, which I'm all for. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get why anybody cares. No. And plus, the song's just catchy as all get out. It is very catchy, and it's um, very Smith's. Like, you know, it's as it said in Wikipedia time, there was comparison to the Smiths because it's anti-monarchy, you know, but I think also what I like about House Martins and Beautiful South and the Smiths is that it's like jangly kind of happy sounding music, but then kind of darker lyrics that unless you're really listening, you would think it was a happy song, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I love that about these bands in particular. So this is also where we start to see their kind of socialist politics in general coming out. And so, yeah, I dig this tune. I love it. The next song is called... I Can't Put My Finger On It. Another tune. Yeah. I dig this one. I love it. I love the um, the harmonies and the background vocals, which the House Martins are so good at, yeah. you know, having that extra lyrics as background vocals, but they say so much, mm-hmm. you know, I love that. And again, it's the gender role lyrics in this one. I just, I love it. I don't know. It's saying a lot about yeah. How parents raise their kids. Another deep set of lyrics. I mean, all the House Martin lyrics are really witty and uh, I don't know if subversive is the word, but yeah. there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. He's a very smart guy, yeah. uh, Paul Heaton. And uh, yeah, that song's great. Another sort of in the vein of the Smiths. It sounds very, well, not, not so much in the singing, but instrumentally, like when the song starts, it's 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 got a real Smiths feel to me anyway. Yeah, to me too. I don't hear it personally, but I hear other people saying that Paul Heaton and Morrissey comparisons between the two i think just because they both sing so they both have the same sort of yeah i don't voice i don't hear it like i don't really i do i mean i can see what they're saying but i don't think they sound the same no i think they sound very different but i get the comparison but i'd much rather hang out with paul heaton (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I, um, probably. I bet hanging out with Morrissey would get very oh, tiring. It'd be tiring, especially in the 80s. I yeah. don't know. But uh, looking at this, I love this photo of the band on this sleeve, oh on my the gosh. inner sleeve. Look Me at those fresh-faced young guys. When Look I, at Paul Heaton there. Just it, looks like a nice guy. Totally. I also love that it looks like they were just hanging out. Someone was like, hey, can I take your photo? Like, it doesn't look like they were expecting a photo shoot that day. No, not really. <laughs> is uh, Paul got a... Cr- uh, is is that cross around his neck hanging off of his zipper? Or is that a necklace? I think it's hanging off his zipper hmm. on his like jacket. Well, his there you jumper. go. He was a big fan of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't got a problem with Jesus. He's cool. Yep. What's the next track? The light is always green. Whatever there's a will. is a nice little ditty yeah it's like uh indication of where they're gonna go with the beautiful south this, yeah this would be at home on beautiful south record totally yeah it's got a sort of uh laid back jazzy feel uh got some spando ballet happening there a little mm. bit yeah <laughs> yeah i dig this one again another set of topsy-turvy lyrics that are worth exploring if you are bored on a rainy sunday afternoon check that out i had read that um he didn't feel comfortable writing love songs he tried but it was the political that he just felt more comfortable in and the they just he had an easier time writing songs about the political so that's where he went and that's where he stayed yeah actually i don't know if he stayed there but what's that next song called it's called the world's on fire There's nothing to not like in that song. For real. And again, another set of lyrics where there's something deeper going on. Yeah. It's about Christianity. It's about church attendance. I, reading those lyrics, I think he's talking about the state of Christianity in England. Or yeah, it's so a cri- I guess... It's a criticism, but it's also, uh, he's a Christian man himself. What do you think's going on with those? I think like the world's on fire because people aren't going to church, right? Yeah, like or, it, people are sunbathing and like being naughty and not going to church. Mm-hmm. But this so also the world's on fire. Seems like there's some criticism or, or 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 something speaking to the hypocrisy of I don't know something's going on. Great yeah. lyrics. I mean, again, lyrics that are worth exploring, and you could probably find your own meaning in. And those are the best kind of lyrics. Yeah, he's a smart man. The cool thing about the House Martins is that you know the whole Christianity thing. It doesn't feel like they promoted it. I feel with so much Christian music, it's like it's gross because they're strictly about being a Christian band or it's only about being Christian music, whereas this is just one small part of the identity of this band, which is cool. For sure. And same with the socialist lyrics. Like every song is about socialism or Christianity or socialism and Christianity, but it's not shoved down your throat and it's done in a really smart way. And it's just who they are and what they're writing about. Yeah, it's what they're inspired by. And it's uh, not... It doesn't seem like it's overly political. It's just, I mean, it is because they're political subjects, but it's not, it doesn't seem like propaganda. Yeah, you know? it's not shoved in your face. Yeah. So, yeah, I like that about this band. Me too. The next song Pirate Agro.
jaunty little trip through the... Meadow. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the English meadows. Yeah, that's nice. Nice little instrumental. It is nice. Interesting that that one was nice, but the instrumental on... Um, Listen Like Thieves? Listen Like Thieves was not. No, the Listen Like Thieves <laughs> we instrumental... We didn't like that one as much. No, it was, a bit of a, it was a bit of a slog. This one, though, is just like it puts a pep in your step. I feel like we should have been like in a convertible... Like an old school convertible, just cruising through the English countryside. Like in a, a, a mini. What are those minis? Cooper yeah, minis? a mini. Yeah. Driving. I should have had a scarf on my head and sunglasses on. Yeah, driving through Gloucestershire or Wolfishestershire or something, Perhaps you know. Perhaps the Lakes District. Wearing a Ben Sherman shirt and just <laughs> eating a crumpet. I don't know. Anyway, the next track is... We're Not Going Back. Do you remember... love this song yeah one of my favorite on the record for sure mm-hmm. i think the lyrics are about people lamenting an england of old perhaps yeah is that what we're getting from that totally not going back to the old factory days when the workers didn't have any rights yeah the good old days supposedly well quote unquote yeah, yeah. i guess it depends on depending on who you're talking to yeah your position i think I, i'm curious to know how many people listen to this record or these records without listening to the lyrics you know just like thinking that the House Martins are like a, this happy, poppy band because the songs sound happy and poppy. Yeah, well, I'm sure know? there was a percentage of people like that for sure. Yeah. I mean, if you're a huge fan of a band, I think you're going to delve into the lyrics pretty heavy. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure it was half and half or 60-40. Who knows? I love it. Especially, this song's great. It seems like all their press mentioned their lyrics too. That's um, true. So yeah, it's hard to say. I, I mean, I wasn't around in England back in 1987 or what? whatever. No, I wasn't, surprisingly. Huh. No. Wow. Uh, I was 10 years old in Dunville, Ontario, but um, it seems maybe they were thought of as a political band. I don't know. If you were around in uh, England in the 80s and you were a fan of the House Martins uh, at Reaction Brad's Pod, let us know. Hey, Robin, what's that next song called? Me and the Farmer. Another killer tune for side two, track one. Yeah, it fits in with your theory. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure this was a like a huge song. This well, it was, was a, a single. This was a big hit for them, I think. Well, let's find out. It's Wikipedia time. When you just want the fans. <laughs> Me and the Farmer is a single by the House Martins. It reached number 15 in the UK singles chart the week of 12th of September, 1987. Is that a big hit? Uh, it's <laughs> big Bigger hit than I've ever had. Yeah. That's for sure. Uh, another super up-tempo, jaunty, happy song with some sort of dark lyrics. I think it's about uh, class struggle and the relationship between worker and employer. And, yeah. Yeah. And the farmer could represent something else. I I, I don't know. It's, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, it's funny. Every single song on this record seems to be about something either about Jesus or socialism. Yep. I dig it. Yep. Uh, the next song is called Five Get Overexcited. Yeah. James Dean posts on their wall. 
Yeah, that's the first single from the record, and I can see why. Yeah, it's great. Oh, I love it. It's so great. The uh, opening melody vocal line, that has to be purposely a takeoff of All You Need Is Love, right? It sounds exactly like it. Yeah, it's got to be. Here's a clip. And then just looking online, it turns out that uh, this is the first single without their drummer, Hugh Whitaker. Uh, he left the band before the song uh, was even recorded, but he appears in the music video for the track where he's kidnapped by new drummer Dave Hemingway. That's funny. I'll, <laughs> That's have to, uh, I'll have to check that out. As should you. Yeah, so good. It is good. And again, with the, the backing vocals, right? Especially in this song. This song I can't quite figure out so if you were to just listen to the lead vocals it says james dean posters on the wall what a sad little end to it all last scene having lots of fun barefoot and on the run right but then in between each verse is the backing vocals that say five killed in a car crash five killed in a car crash five dumped in a river five dumped in a river so it's really Yikes. dark in between with the, you know, and it's the same with the second verse. Last scene, drinking daddy's own beer, singing Abba's Mamma Mia, drop dead watching Thunderbirds fly, poster on their wall says why. And then the backing vocals in between each of those um, verses is five poisoned over dinner, five poisoned over dinner, five get overexcited, five get overexcited. Well, unfortunately, there's no info on the Wikipedia page as to what that song's about, but... Um, it's dark. If you have any idea, let us know at Reaction Brats Pod. I really dig this one. Yeah, it's, uh, again, one of my favorites on the on the album, mm-hmm. and uh, I can see why it was a single. What's up next? Oh, the cat's here. Hi, Otis. Hi, Odie. Our gigantic cat has jumped up onto the recording uh, desk here. He's ready to mess some stuff up. Sniffing around. And he's now oh, he's rubbing oh. his face on Robin's mic. Yep. Yeah. That's great for Hi, the recording. Bud. Yeah. You want to come he rub your face mean on mine? He doesn't to mess stuff up. He's just so big. And, and now he's walking over the he loves keyboard. To love. Oh, hi again. Yep. Hi. Hi, bud. What's the next song? Next song is Johannesburg. Because I found there's nothing more that I could say to you. Nothing I could do to change your mind, change your ways and your tune. Another song that would sound quite at home on a Beautiful South album. Yeah, it's um a sad, lovely little song. Yeah, yeah I, I I love it. Yeah. Really not much more I can say. Yeah, it's a deep little... Yeah, simple but deep, much like your host's. <laughs> yeah, that's us. More maybe on the simple. <laughs> rather than deep. I don't yeah. Maybe yeah. Yeah. Next up. What's it called? Bow down. Bow down. Before the one you serve. Rubbing his hands, looking at me, writing down his plans. 
one's kind of a skipper for me. Is it? A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, I mean, at this point in the record... A little bit. I don't know that I skip it, but yeah, at this point in the record, I think it's... um. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, you don't have to agree with me. Do you like it? I like it, but I think that it's not the best on the record. No. No, I could see maybe why they buried it in the second second side. Yeah, the end. Closer to the end at the I don't the hate it. No. By any means. I don't I don't skip any. I wouldn't skip any on this record. No. But of the songs, I would, you know, this one's this one's fine. It's yeah. good. I mean, if I was listening to this on Spotify, I might skip it. Love that. Love that. Why are you talking like that? I don't know. It's fun to say. Love that. <laughs> okay. What's the next song called? The next one is called You Better Be Doubtful. You better be doubtful. You better be doubtful. You better be well. You better not shut now. You better not care. We're back with another tune. Yeah, they come back hard. That is a corker of a track. <laughs> it is a corker. I dig it. I love it. I you love know, this song. Again, this one has got a kind of a Smiths feel to me a little yep. bit when it mm-hmm. starts. And also Fatboy Slim taking that bass for a walk. Some tasty bass licks. It is some tasty bass licks. A little bit. Yeah, it's a great song. Oh, I just love this record. Catchy, it makes me smile. Catchy chorus too. My, mm-hmm. my stars. What a track. It's a corker. A corker. Little bit. I've never heard you say corker before. I've also never heard you say a little bit. It's a corker, little bit. And all of a bat. sudden, you're saying it over and over. What's going on? I don't know. I'm just feeling... <laughs> just trying it out? I'm all sixes and sevens today. Uh, I, again, what does that mean? <laughs> Why are you trying out all this new I'm stuff? I'm all out of sorts. I'm trying to think of stuff British people say. Hmm. Pip pip? Yeah. Uh, Coronation Street. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> What's the last song called? The last one is Build. beautiful way to end the record it's a beautiful lead into beautiful south again another track that could be quite at home on a beautiful south record i yeah. think both paul and dave are singing on that one which was the arrangement in beautiful south yeah and i think the lyrics are about maybe sprawling suburbia yeah sounds like it yeah mm-hmm. council estates and the whatnot whatever they call it in britain <laughs> yeah <laughs> a little bit oh god please stop saying a little bit <sighs> okay. i love that one yeah, it's me beautiful. too. I love this whole record, and I do play it a lot. Thank you for not complaining when I put on the same records over and over again. I know that I do that. Do I not watch the same TV shows over and over and over again? I like yes. to do stuff over and over and over again. You I think do. as you get older, you get set in your ways. You have your comfortable little ruts that make you feel good. And It's true. I do sometimes wish that I um, had a more broad approach to music, you know, that I listen to more stuff, but mm-hmm. I like what I like and I'm comfortable there. And it, I don't know, I think it also has to do with anxiety. 
you know, if oh, I'm going to like put myself right out there, I know that the fewer choices you give yourself as an anxious person, the less anxious you are. Um, That's exactly why I watch and listen to the same things over and over again. Yeah. It's easy. I don't want to think about stuff a lot. Yeah. I think that's just part of being middle-aged, perhaps, and maybe having a bit of an anxiety issue, as we both do. Yeah. And so this record I do put on all the time, and uh, I love it. And I'm glad that you love it, too. I do love it. I mean, I rarely listen to new, as far as guitar-based drums, vocals, rock-based music. As you know, I hardly, I don't, I don't keep up with anything. Mm-hmm. I don't care. The only new stuff I listen to is electronic-based I mean, I'll listen to new techno and other uh, forms of dance music. But other than that, like, I don't have any interest in any new bands. So, uh, including the bands I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's just the way it goes. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, I think that brings us to the end of episode 14. Yeah, that was a fun one. I hope I hope everybody liked it. I loved it. I I loved it more. I loved it most. You win. Yep. I think for the next episode, we are going to give each other uh, a record that that person has not listened to or is maybe not familiar with. And uh, yeah, that'll, that's a good idea for the next one, I think. Yeah. you want to do that? Sure. I got to have... think now about what I'm going to give you. Yeah, I got to think about it too. I'm going to try to give you something that I think you will appreciate at least. I don't want to give you something because there's things I could give you that I know you would hate and I don't think that would make for a good podcast. Yeah, please don't do that. No. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna give you something that you'll hate. No, and nor I to you. Thank you. Check out our Instagram page. It's at Reaction Brats Pod. We're gonna have a couple polls up there. At least one today about whether or not we should be bleeping the f word. So, f-ing, uh let us know what you think of that. <laughs> and that'll do it. Thanks for listening. I think uh, in this episode we talked a lot about the beautiful South, but we didn't really talk much about Fat Boy Slim. Maybe you should take us out with some Fat Boy Slim. What do you think about that? Yeah, I'm not too familiar with Fatboy Slim other than the the singles the singles but yeah, same. I will find a slamming Fatboy Slim track and we will go out on it so here's Fatboy Slim see you next time bye